2: W R S U crew here on a Friday final episode of the crew before spring break. And we have a loaded edition for you today. I'm Eddie Kalegi, joined by Max Sanchez, Arnav Sarkar, and Matt Mangum. In just a couple of moments, Dylan Allen and Dennis Geisler will be joining us from the United Center with reactions from Rutgers men's basketball. Second round Big Ten tournament lost today against top-seeded Purdue. Second hour, we will also hear from Rutgers men's lacrosse's Brian Cameron. Alex Carminati had a chance to speak with him ahead of Rutgers' rivalry contest tomorrow against Garden State foe Princeton. But let's start, of course, with the big news today. Rutgers tried to get a third victory over Purdue in the last year and a half, and it did not happen. And joining us now, Dylan Allen and Dennis Geisler, who are at the United Center as Ohio State and Michigan State are playing in the second Big Ten tournament game of the afternoon. Guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, what's the atmosphere like right now?
3: It's, I mean, it's packed. It, it's pretty It's pretty packed. The Michigan State fans are definitely here in force. Uh, still some empty seats very high up in the rafters, a couple down near the floor, but in general it's a great environment. And the fans for every team have been really great all weekend. Well, not even into the weekend yet, but just for the entire tournament.
2: So let's get your impressions now on the game for Rutgers. Scarlet Knights fought hard, got out to an early lead against Purdue in the first 10 minutes, had a double-digit advantage. We're up 12 in the first half, and then Purdue slowly clawed back. Some officiating questions in the second half of that game. Zach Eadie was held to 16-11, and but Gillis was huge, and the Boilermakers pulled it out. Uh, Dennis, I'll go to you first. Just your impressions on this one for Rutgers – As they tried to beat Purdue again, put up a really solid fight. Looked so much better than they had played to close out the regular season, but just couldn't get the job done.
3: Yeah, I mean, you can point the finger a bunch of different directions. Uh, The obvious one is the officiating. I mean, Purdue fans think that Zach Eadie was fouled on every possession. Rutgers fans, there were definitely a couple fouls that I wasn't really sure about. Uh, I'll let Dylan talk about it a little bit more, but I believe that... uh, Matt Painter even spoke about how the foul that fouled out Caleb McConnell, they didn't. He didn't necessarily see it.
0: Yeah, our very own Josh Myers actually during the uh, the press conference, he asked um, he asked McConnell, kind of what that conversation looked like because on TV that's you saw a couple smiles. Um, I believe that was the foul after McConnell fouled out, and uh, what he said was he thought it was a good play. He thought it was questionable as well. He just told me, good job, um, and I think I I saw on. Instagram the words I love you man or something like that so high praise from Matt Painter and You know kind of shedding some light on the questionable calls down down the stretch that one being the foul that Ruled that that fouled him out of the game. It seemed like Matt Painter had other other ideas But
3: to kind of go back from that obviously the fouls were one thing but at the end of the day Purdue was hitting their shots Uh, David Jenkins was really, really incredible hitting shots from 30 feet out that he had really no business hitting, and honestly, I mean, you could call that the difference. Ethan Morton taking shots that you really don't expect a guy like him to take. Has not been great offensively all season. Uh, Ended up coming off the bench for this one as he has the last two games for them, and still made it work. Uh, And obviously Mason uh, Gillis, not necessarily known as the offensive superstar for Purdue but certainly putting up an elite offensive performance today there's not a whole lot you can do when you're playing against a team as deep as Purdue with as much talent as Purdue Rutgers definitely gave them their all and I think Rutgers played a really solid 40 minutes of basketball but sometimes uh, the shots for the other team are falling better than yours and there are certainly some mistakes on the Rutgers end to look at uh, Derek Simpson's shot selection wasn't necessarily fantastic, but I'll at least say that I'm glad that he took those shots. I think that a freshman like him getting confidence and someone taking the shots is always good and not just leaving it for Cliff and the post to try to work with with like five seconds on the shot clock. A couple of other players weren't necessarily hot from the field, but in general, I like how the team played overall and I think against a team not as talented as Purdue, which at this point, I mean, they'll I think they will be in the NCAA tournament. I think it's just a question of whether they'll be in Dayton or whether they'll be uh, just straight up into the field of 64. But uh, it'll be a question of, okay, who do they get in that matchup and how do they play there?
2: Yeah, and kind of piggybacking off of that, let's talk a little bit about the defense for Rutgers. Did allow 70 points today. Of course, it's a Purdue team that knows how to score in many different ways. And someone who really stepped up and we talked about yesterday on Nightline that Rutgers really had to focus in on was Mason Gillis, who did not play well when these two teams faced off in January. Well, today he couldn't miss. 20 points, also five offensive rebounds. Uh, I felt like this was kind of surprising for Rutgers. I know they had to send lots of defensive attention and doubles towards Zach Eady, but at the same time, to see the Scarlet Knights allow a wing player, when they usually succeed against a team scoring wing, to hold them pretty quiet like they did against Gillis in January, to see him drop 20 on them, I think, was a little out of character for the Rutgers defense.
0: Yeah, I mean, for sure. And and it was a questionable move by Matt Painter to start him in the first place, because... um, He doesn't really start a whole lot. And you mentioned how he struggled in the first meeting, but he only took four shots in that game. He finished with seven points in 21 minutes. So maybe Painter saw something in there where he found a spot for him to get quality minutes, and it it worked out. So a good move from him. Um, And, you know, Gillis talked about today in his press conference, just the shots were falling. And sometimes if you're Rutgers, a lot of them were open, but some of them were also contested. Like there was a, a floater on the baseline, I think Cam Spencer, was pretty much as close as you could get without fouling, and it just fell um, for Gillis. So it was one of those days, and the um, you, you can't question the effort today and, and talking about the defense I mean how many steals did they have on those inbound plays Purdue couldn't figure it out Simpson must have poked away at least three
3: yeah I mean it's, it's now a national talking point of whether Purdue can handle the press in the long term and whether they can handle it in the NCAA tournament I honestly think they can I think Rutgers was just playing really well Rutgers was playing a four-guard lineup with elite defensive skills I think that's just the recipe for playing great press. And this is a great defense that is really talented at stopping players in the backcourt. So I don't really think that it's a Purdue can't handle the press situation and more of a Rutgers played very well through the press. And I think teams should be more afraid of Rutgers pressing than they are capitalizing on Purdue by pressing, if that makes any sense.
0: Well, if you're a Purdue fan – you know, that certainly wor- worries you as you get into the later rounds of the NCAA tournament if they make it that far, right? I mean, last year I think they, they went all the way to the Elite Eight or, or was it the Sweet 16 and lost to St. Peter's. So was Sweet 16, And yeah. they were a pretty good defensive team too. You see Shah- Shaheen Holloway, that's kind of how he coaches. So down the stretch in some of those later rounds, if you're a Purdue fan, that must, that's got to worry you as you'll face some of the better defensive teams in the country. But um, the overall defense, I mean, They fouled a ton today, Rutgers, and that was something that happened in the last game as well. 24 fouls the last time, 26 today. Um, So there were definitely a lot of fouls. There were 15 called for Purdue. So, I mean, that's 41 fouls between the both sides. So it was a very physical game. The referees were blowing the whistle a lot of the times. And uh, you, you can't question the effort. Rutgers left it all out on the court, and, you know, despite the loss, no one's disappointed with the effort, and I think the committee looks at that and says, you know what, the amount of success they've had with Purdue, and they they hung around and made it an interesting finish, so I, th- I think even though they lost, it still helps them th- with the committee, Yeah, she didn't get blown out.
3: And I think as far as, and to step back to the bracketology side of things, I would say that the two biggest issues for Rutgers are the quad three losses and the recency bias slash eye test, where... The quad three losses, hard to really say anything about, but on the recency bias slash eye test, yes, Rutgers just looked like a bad team through the end of the regular season, and especially, like, just played poorly recently and including on their home court, so it didn't really look like they were going to be able to compete all that much making it to the NCAA tournament. I think they've certainly passed that at this point, and I think if that ends up being a factor in it, that's something Rutgers has certainly passed at this point, especially competing against Purdue a third time, who or a second time, excuse me, and Purdue, a team that's still fighting for a one seed in the NCAA tournament. We'll see how that turns out as they seem to be kind of battling against UCLA there. But regardless, uh, I, I do think that Rutgers is in a good spot at this point. They have a lot of good wins. Uh, barring, I think, a lot of bid stealing, I think something like Oregon, Vanderbilt, uh, whoever... Uh, gets to the Conference USA final against FAU, um, potentially Clemson as well. Like, there are a lot of teams that would have to do exceptionally well and log a couple consecutive upsets to really be able to pass Rutgers at this point. But it's more of a question of whether Rutgers ends up in Dayton, which I think is fairly likely. And I think at this point as well, you're allowed to say, this was supposed to, like, earlier on in the season, this was supposed to be like a five seed. How did we end up where we're in Dayton again? especially after last year where we kind of got owned by the seating in Dayton where for some reason it was very likely that either of the teams that won in Dayton, either Rutgers or Notre Dame, would go on to blow out Alabama as Notre Dame ended up doing. Um, So I understand definitely some pessimism from Rutgers fans if they end up in Dayton, but we'll just have to find out on Sunday, I think.
0: And real quick, Uh, Eddie, just to piggyback off that point you made about um, the bracketology stuff, you know, and I talk about how the loss today I think helps Rutgers. You you needed to give the committee uh, another reason why or or a friendly reminder of the team you were before this kind of just this drought of about a month and a half. And in these two games, they they blew out Michigan by 12 points, held them to 50, and although they gave up 70 to Purdue – they saw the effort, the inbound defense. They saw all of that. They saw Derek Simpson. You know, they saw Mulcahy back in action. So the committee now has a two-game sample size. Where in the back of their mind, they're thinking, yeah, they had this month and a half drought, but recently they've played well. If Rutgers had lost against Michigan, they're not in, right? But if they had lost, if they had won against Michigan by a couple points today, they lost by 15. You know, team. The committee might might say you know what they barely beat michigan but they got blown out by purdue who they beat earlier in the year they, they don't look like the same team today i think i think Rutgers got pretty close to that team they looked like back in early january
3: yeah and i mean frankly i think that i i don't think this loss puts them any lower in net it might actually raise them in net especially depending on whatever the overall results are today um but because a couple of other teams Rutgers has played are in action, including right now. Right. Um, another bid stealer to watch out for, Ohio State, apparently. They keep winning. Um, they keep winning. Uh, okay. I want to I say this on air because I've said this off air a bunch of times. Uh, even on Wednesday, the first game that they were playing, I was saying, Ohio State's a good team. And they've just gotten horribly unlucky this season. And now they're proving it. So I just want to be glad that I was right the entire time, that Ohio State is a really good team, and they've just gotten really unlucky.
0: Yeah, Um, I I can second that. You've said it to me a bunch of times.
3: um, But regardless, uh, I, I think Rutgers is in a very good spot in terms of just the bubble on bracketology, but in terms of the entire season, I mean, it's nice that we're in the NCAA tournament a third time in a row, assuming that Everything goes right in the next – not everything goes wrong, I guess, in the next couple of days, and uh, Rutgers does still secure a bid. Um, But I think that uh, it is fair to go, okay, when is Rutgers going to be better than a 10 seed? When is Rutgers going to be better than – I mean, even the COVID year where they were projected as a 9 seed, whether or not they lost to – Michigan in that first round when will Rutgers finally take that step up and I think we'll be looking forward to next year when they add Gavin Griffiths finally as maybe that year to make the leap finally and the year after that 2024 uh, slash 2025 should certainly be the time where Rutgers finally makes that big jump and says okay yeah we're finally a solid NCAA tournament team the entire year we're not on the bubble we don't have to fight for anything at all
2: and hopefully Dylan Harper is part of that as well.
3: Uh, yeah, exactly. Hopefully Dylan Harper's part of it. If Dylan Harper's part of it as well, that's the sort of thing where we start fighting for like a one seed. <laughs> yeah. Um, or winning the Big Ten and stuff like that. But I don't think that's an unrealistic goal to try to get towards even next year. Um, maybe not the one seed, but certainly fighting for a Big Ten title. I mean, you see how close they were competing with uh, Purdue today and. Purdue is the one seed in the tournament. Basically, every other team left in the tournament, Rutgers has logged at least one win against. So many upsets have happened here. I mean, Rutgers is only the second lower-seeded team to uh, lose their game in the Big Ten tournament so far. There have been five upsets by seeding.
0: Yep. You still have Ohio State at 13, and Penn State playing later at 10 seed right now.
3: Yeah, exactly. So there you go. Yeah,
2: but for sure, it's going to be interesting, and we will deep dive a little more about the bracketology in hour two, but of course, so much to consider still over these next couple of days, and the potential for bid-stealers in that game that's going on where you are right now, Ohio State, one of those teams that could potentially be in the mix. I know Max had a question as well.
0: They're up 10 right now, Ohio State.
2: Yeah, but guys, real quick, back on the game.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. I just want to get your thoughts on like the officiating. Do you think the committee is going to start looking at this game, just like how they did for the Ohio State game a few months back, it's, in terms it's of like not that
3: bad? I, it's not that bad. And I, what I'll give, I, I think there were certainly reasons for both fan bases to be disappointed by the officiating. I think if the committee is going to look at anything, they'll probably look at the fact that there were multiple things that Purdue did. Unluckily well, or uh, unlikely well. Like, it's a 29%
0: three point shooter hits just launching 30 feet out. Like, there's not a
3: whole lot that you can do about that if you're Rutgers. And a five point loss is a five point loss. They were certainly down by more at certain points late in the game. But at the end of the day, I think that margin of victory against a very good Purdue team on a neutral court is going to be more what matters than anything in the officiating. And at the same time, The committee is looking at the entire slate of the season. They'll consider the uh, first game of the season against Columbia. um, Yep. In the same way that they consider this Purdue game, which is to say, I mean, not in the exact same way since Columbia is a much worse team and all that, but they consider the entire body of work for a team. I don't think they'll look that hard at this game, barring just, okay, they lost by five against a very good Purdue team. We'll see what happens past then, but... I don't really know if that's going to jump into things, especially because at the end of the day, there are so many problems with officiating in college basketball in general and the Big Ten at large. I can't really say that this game is really going to jump out on their radar.
2: Yeah, I agree with you on that. It's There's been so many things that have happened just in the Big Ten this year, uh, just with Rutgers, but even like that Ohio State-Minnesota game earlier in the season, officiating, has been a problem, and there were some questionable calls down the stretch, but it's not the only reason Rutgers lost this game. They missed some free throws late game. Derek Simpson had a couple of steals where it probably would have been smarter for him to kick it back instead of trying to go one-on-two against two Purdue defenders, including Edie one time. But in the end, Scarlet Knights fought hard in this game, and they did pick up a win against Michigan and took them off the bubble. And we talked about it on Nightline uh, yesterday. There were four Big Ten teams that went into Chicago on the bubble, and Rutgers is one of only two that won a game in Chicago, and they're still going to be keeping an eye, of course. What Ohio State is doing right now is a bit concerning. Buckeyes can't get that auto bid. Uh, Penn State, you could really go either way at this point. I think the Nittany Lions are also ensuring their spot in the tournament, and right I now, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, th- think I think.
3: I think that I think they're probably like. They are a buy, I think, right now. Maybe a 10 seed, but I think they're in. Yeah. they're If in a they si- win today, they're definitely in. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's they're,
2: sure. they're in a similar situation, I think, to Rutgers going into today, where they're floating between Dayton and buy, and a win automatically gets them that buy. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it, we'll see. But these bid stealers are something you're going to have to keep an eye on. Rutgers really needs FAU to win Conference USA. They have to keep an eye on what happens in the Pac-12 Uh, I think another team that we got to look at is Arizona State, too. When you look at the border, they picked up a big win against USC. USC slipped back a little bit. But based on past history, and I do have this question for you guys for the committee, because – We've seen the Big Ten really struggle in the NCAA tournament the last couple of years. 18 teams, only three made it to the second weekend. My concern is that we may see a turning of the tide where teams that are on the bubble aren't going to get as much favoring from the committee because of how they've performed, whereas the Pac-12, we have seen teams teams exceed their expectations on multiple occasions recently. Oregon State going on a deep run, UCLA going on a deep run in the last couple of years, both times has doubled double-digit seeds and I think that's going to be maybe something to consider and something that may work against Rutgers when it comes to do they get into a buy or do they end up in Dayton for the second straight year
3: I I would argue that that's a little misleading I I think on one hand I think the Big Ten I, I don't think the Big Ten has gotten more seeds than they deserve um even you look at last year there were two Big Ten teams in the first four Rutgers lost in overtime not a whole lot you can say negative about a team losing in overtime. And Indiana won. So realistically, both of those teams deserve their way in. Same thing happened. I mean, there was that big year where basically every Big Ten team, there were four Big Ten teams that were one or two seeds, and most of them lost in the first couple weekends. But all the Big Ten teams down ballot, the Ten seeds, the Nine seeds, all of them won their games. So I don't really think that the Big Ten has deserved fewer seeds. It's that they deserve lower seeds. And that might be something that manifests here where a lot of big 10 teams are going to be around that eight, nine, seven area. Um, But at least for that, I think that, I I think the big 10 isn't good in the NCAA tournament is a little misleading just because only the top four team, like top four seeds are predicted to get out of the first weekend. And yes, a lot of big 10 teams have not done that. Um, I mean, Notably last year, Michigan uh, coming out as an 11 seed and making it to the second weekend. But I don't really know if that's necessarily a true narrative, and I don't think the committee is going to hew to it too much. I also just think that the committee has their formulas and looks at the quads properly and definitely weights the teams in terms of how they did out of conference. And there were plenty of big wins for the Big Ten out of conference, and I think that will matter as well. So I... I don't think that it's going to hurt Rutgers in, like, a huge surprise way where Rutgers is, like, below, uh, I don't know, UNC right now. Um, I think maybe if that's, like, a tiebreaker, and I honestly think a bigger issue for Rutgers is their out-of-conference strength of schedule where they have, like, a quad three game in Seton Hall at home, a quad two maybe game at Wake Forest at home. And then the really high, like, that's quad 1A, I think, for Miami uh, on the road. But in general, they just didn't play all that much out of conference, and that could be an issue. But I don't know. I I, I waffle a little bit on some of the parts of Rutgers' resume. I try to take myself out from being a homer as much as possible. But at the end of the day, I think Rutgers has proven they can play against good teams. And I think at the end of the day, that's the most important part, that they are good against good teams. And – could make a splash in the NCAA tournament if put there.
2: Yeah, guys, we've appreciated your coverage so far through the Big Ten tournament, calling both games. So seven teams are out, seven teams are left. I'll leave you with this. We have not seen Northwestern or Indiana take the court yet. But right now, given what you've seen, given what you expect the next couple of days, who are your picks to win it all in the Big Ten on Sunday?
0: Well, uh, let's see. I I, I really liked how Penn State looked yesterday. Uh, I, I think they could be a sleeper team to beat Northwestern today. Uh, they've had success against them this season. So Penn State, I, you know, as, as much as it pains me to say it, because they're kind of in a similar spot as us, um, watch out for them to get an upset today. I think Indiana beats Maryland tonight. I think Indiana has found their stride. Um, and this game right now, uh, Ohio State's up seven with nine minutes to go, so this is going to be a good finish. But Purdue, I mean, if, if Ohio State wins this game, Ohio State's arguably the hottest team in the in the conference right now. So it won't be an easy game as many might think next round. Um if I had to pick my winner, I think Indiana wins it this year.
3: I I think and me playing it out in my mind, I think Ohio State probably closes out this game. Either way, I think the winner of this game loses to Purdue. I think Northwestern or Penn State, I think either way, Indiana beats Maryland and beats the winner of that game. So we see Indiana-Purdue, and Indiana has won twice at home and at Mackey. So I guess Indiana as well, if I'm just playing it out like that, is my pick.
2: All right, well, Dylan Allen, Dennis Geisler— Called the last two games for Rutgers in Chicago. Guys, hope you're enjoying the trip, and uh, we'll have you back soon. Thanks for joining us here on the Friday Crew.
3: Yeah, coming back tomorrow morning. I'll see you then. <laughs> Thanks, Eddie. See you later.
2: So that is it for that segment. We will talk a lot more Rutgers men's basketball later on in the show in an hour two. We'll get the rest of the panel's takes on where Rutgers sits now in the bracket and probably by the time we get to the second hour we will have a final in Ohio State Michigan State which will help to shape the picture a little bit more but we'll take a quick break we'll come back for locks of the week as we approach the bottom of the hour hour one of the crew for Arnav Sarkar, Max Sanchez, Matt Mangum, I'm Eddie Kolegi. you're listening to 88.7 WRSU FM New Brunswick and streaming live at wrsu.org. locks of the week here on a Friday, bottom of the hour here on the WRSU crew with Matt Mangum, Arnav Sarkar, Max Sanchez, I'm Eddie Kalegi. I believe Dan Martin, one of our shadows, is also going to give us a lock. I will get us started. So much college basketball to look at. My lock hit on Wednesday. I said that Jack Baseo was going to score over 15 and a half in his intramural game on Cook campus. He indeed scored 23, so... Uh, I, I hit on that, but we're going to go to uh, collegiate basketball. Well, that was college basketball, too, but we're going to go to the Division One ranks <laughs> instead of the intramural <laughs> ranks. And we're going to go to the Pac-12 with a team that will be in the Big Ten in two years. That's uh, UCLA, who 28-4 and in the year, 18-2 and in Pac-12 play. Number two in the country, and they are facing off with Oregon tonight. Oregon's had a nice run. They're one of those teams that's like a Rutgers or a Penn State where they need to perform in their conference tournament to get on the bubble. They have some really bad losses. T Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, and the Pac 12 has had the history of getting bid stealers that go on deep runs, but I think UCLA is just too talented this time. They're favored by five. I think they're going to open this one up a little bit, so I'll take the. Uh, UCLA Bruins to cover the five points. They'll open this one up and win and move on to the Pac-12 championship game tomorrow night. Uh, let's go to Arnoff. Go ahead.
4: All right. Well, um, I guess like what I'm kind of known for in Locks of the Week is like picking like teams that I like um, because I guess I have a bias, but also because I do think they usually. Will either win or cover when I do that, but But um, Rutgers
2: football is done.
4: Yeah, and those are like my uh, favorite ones, covering them against like you know massive 40 point spreads against Ohio State and whatnot. But um, I'm gonna shift to professional sports and go with uh, my Nets. Uh, They had a close loss to the Bucks last night. I'm pretty impressive considering like they were playing a lot of their bench late in that game and they were fell behind a lot early and then they kind of came back and fell short. So tonight they're gonna be at the Minnesota Timberwolves, who's kind of an interesting team. I think they're like in the in the play in tournament range or something around like 500 so the nets are underdogs by four and a half but i'm just gonna go on out on a limb and say that they just win um the game outright so i'm gonna go money line that's plus 160 um to just win the game and i guess also covered spread in the process
2: max how about
1: you i'm gonna go a different route i'm gonna go in the ufc um peter Yan and murab i'm not gonna try and pronounce that last name <laughs> I'll be honest,
2: but it's... Oh, be- I'm good with last names. What is it? Uh... Uh... Devalish That's yeah. what I'm
1: going to go with. So, um... Jan is the favorite. Is 275. Um... I've been getting into the UFC lately. This is only a main card fight. This isn't a main event from what I know. This might be a main event, and it might sound really dumb. But I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going to have Marab coming with the upset and a third round TKO. Um but I'm gonna watch it on ESPN Plus as <laughs> it's properly streamed. But uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna go with a different
2: route. Usually I go with college
1: basketball, NBA. I was considering on hating on the Nets and betting against them, but yeah,
2: that's my that's my lock. Respect to you for respecting the streaming services. Class act. <laughs> uh, Dan Martin, our shadow, uh, you've got your culture changers sweatshirt on. Uh, are you picking a culture changer in your lock?
5: Uh, you could say that. Let's go. So I am going with the Atlanta Hawks playing against the Washington Wizards. Uh, the Hawks are favored by one and a half. They've played a couple of really close games against the Wizards. And I think since they uh, hired Quinn Snyder, he seems to have made them a much more competitive team. He's changed the culture, if you, uh, you want to say that. So I like taking, how you did that. Yeah, full circle. So I'm taking the Atlanta Hawks uh, one and a half against the Wizards.
2: I will say... I think the Hawks are going to be in a good pos- Nate McMillan's a good coach, but he doesn't really fit with that Atlanta team. He, c- he could find another place. But Quinn Snyder, uh, I'm not saying he's had a ton of success, but he made Utah perennial contenders with Donovan Mitchell. I think he'd be much more beneficial to Trey Young's development. And the Trey Young-Collins dynamic, if they keep both of them, it's not that different from Donovan Mitchell and Gobert, so it, it could work. Uh, Matt Mangum, over to you. What do you have for your luck?
5: I'm going to go over to the NHL, actually, a game that I'm going to this Sunday. The... Uh Hurricanes versus the Devils, first were second in the Metro Division. And they played earlier in the season, and Devils did win 5-3. So I do have faith in the Devils. They've been doing a good in overtime recently. I think Devils will win this game
2: 4-3. I know Timo played well at the end last night as well. so I'm excited
5: to see him yeah, in action in person.
2: Yes, uh, really interesting time in the NHL. Rangers, of course, bringing in Patrick Kane. Devils making the big move for Timo as well. And uh, it's going to be a fun run down the stretch in the NHL this season. But we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll move to Can We Just Talk? So stay tuned for that. You were listening to Hour One of the WRSU Friday Crew on 88.7 FM and WRSU.org.
1: Just talk and welcome back to the friday crew this is can we just talk that um, was beautiful that, that was good <laughs> that to- was actually you know what do <laughs> you know what first of all can we just talk all right anyways aren't <laughs> up i'm enough, i am not going to lie if josh is listening to this josh you have competition
4: <laughs> yeah um, i try to fill in that um josh roll of You know singing those high-pitched notes so um friday crew let me know what you guys think well arnov's really saying is that josh you've been replaced um
1: (laughs) stay in chicago and yeah you are no longer a part of friday (laughs) Crew. oh my god kidding we love you josh but yeah so we have came up with a topic for can we just talk and i want your thoughts on it it's what are we doing for spring break guys we got a whole week well i have like two days before i hop on a flight but what are you guys doing? I'm kind of curious what you guys are doing like uh, fun
2: wise. Uh let's see. First of all, I don't know. It's just nice to have a chill week. Again, I am not completely off because next weekend me and David Palumbo are working 11 softball games here in a span of Eleven. F- like 57 hours. So that is going to be fun. Yeah, I remember that. Holy cross softball season. You know, you know what it is. Uh but uh aside from that, you know, it's going to hang out a couple of my friends are also on spring break. It also, I don't know, it, it gets on my nerves how different colleges have different weeks for break. Like, I had friends that were home this week, and, like, I still had stuff to do. Yeah, so it's... And then they come back, the other ones that come back after. So it, it's, it's a little inconvenient. I understand how it works with the college schedule sometimes. And that Rutgers has a bit of a, as uh, some people might like to say, a goofy-ah uh, schedule. But <laughs> um, it, it, it's okay. So I, I'm just looking forward, getting a week off. Uh, got a few days. Got to go to the dentist on Monday, you know how it is, and then uh, yeah, just hang out, watch some college basketball too, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, see some friends. I'm not going anywhere special. I'm not going to Punta Cana or any of that other <laughs> fancy stuff. I'll just be hanging out in Metuchen, New Jersey.
1: Yeah, Rutgers. Rutgers. Uh, they they can be quite goofy sometimes, but um,
2: goofy, <laughs> yeah, goofy, yeah, yeah.
1: Especially, especially their parking and transportation services. Uh-huh. You know, we got to give a huge shout out to them. Our very own John Hart and I got a $240,
2: <laughs> $240 ticket. That had to be. I, well, it maybe. Th- up that, like, that's I mean, got, that's got to be a, like a cumulative thing. It can, <laughs> what, what what could he have possibly done that's more that than the merits app, right? $240 on a single
1: ticket? He probably hit a fire hydrant and I, I don't know. He would have had to know. like
2: park on the roof of the student center <laughs> to get that. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I racked up like seventy dollars in a week, though, so I'm not doing like really. Too much. Yeah, like three different times, but like, rebel. Uh, it's kind of tough. But wow, I mean, look at Arna. Like two, like two of them, I kind of have to park there. The other one, I I kind of just want to park in the green lawn instead of the yellow lot, so I kind of have to like hedge my bet with that one. Have, have you paid them yet? Mm, not yet, I'm going to. Okay,
1: so RUPD, we are <laughs> in the fourth floor of the College Jazz <laughs> Student Center up in WRSU. You're going to see it. You go all the way down, all the way down the hall. Just make a left. Our studio's right there. One of us will welcome you in, all right? <laughs> and then
4: RUPD will get us wallet out. Right here, right now. That'll be perfect.
5: Matt, what about you, Ben? Uh, probably just like what Eddie said, just chilling, hanging out with friends, watching March Madness, too. And honestly, it'd be nice not doing the assignments for school,
1: just relaxing. So, yeah. Got you. Arnav, I'm, I'm such a mean person. I didn't even ask what you're doing for spring break, dude. Oh. What are you up to? Um...
4: Yeah, kind of like the same stuff. I mean, I'm just going to mainly just be watching March Madness, like relaxing. Um, I think I'm on a couple of prods for the lacrosse games, like this Saturday and the next Saturday. But yeah, other than that, not too much. Just kind of relaxing, hanging out. Um, maybe just, I don't know, like mainly March Madness. That's kind of like what I'm really, I've really been looking forward to. Like from a Rutgers standpoint, yeah, but also just from the standpoint of, you know, the brackets and then watching like games like all day and there'll be like four games on at different times and different channels. like. Like, it's a really fun time in the sports year for sure. Even if you're not like as much into it as we are, like it's just a fun time to watch, you know, a bunch of different games and a bunch of different seeds and, like, and all the upsets that can happen. So um, I'm I'm kind of just looking forward to that mainly.
2: Whatever like topics have you covered? Haven't you gone through like music and movies and stuff on Fridays? Because now that I'm here, I could shed some light. All right, shed some light. Go well, I, I I don't know, but I don't know which which, which one. Everything. Everything, I think we've gone right.
4: through like all of them, right? Like movies, music. So, like, we can go that. through it again. Yeah, he's not always here. Yeah, exactly. We yeah. can definitely do that again. I have some
2: eclectic opinions on certain things. All right,
4: movies first. Let's hear it.
2: Movies. All right. Uh, you gotta go with the classic Cars, of course. Greatest movie of all time. One, however. I have begun to appreciate two more than I did when I was seven when it came out, and I was very confused why there was, like, a James Bond plot line on a Pixar movie. (laughs) But now that I am a 20-year-old man, I have uh, begun to appreciate that movie a bit more. But one and three are classics. Two doesn't make any sense with the rest of the story. But one is the best.
1: 20-year-old man as of, I believe, two weeks ago, too, right? Yes. Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. Very, Very belated.
2: Thank you class act uh let's see besides that um Django Unchained that is a very solid Quentin Tarantino movie I know that's a deep dark turn from cars but <laughs> but I do I watched that movie at a beach house in Manasquan last summer and I really liked it Jamie Foxx is in it Leo DiCaprio that one meme where Leo DiCaprio is like in the process of like spinning out his drink that is the origin that movie is the origin of that. I've heard of this movie. Yeah, Samuel L. Jackson is also in it. Very good movie. Um, yeah, those are, those are probably my two main ones that are uh, very different themes. but uh, Oh, totally. Yes, both very solid movies.
5: Is that your top two of all time?
2: That's actually, yeah, I, I I think I think those might be my top two of all time. I feel like that's
5: very random. Those like are two different, like, completely different genres. If like, I
2: wanted to go to a third completely different genre and go sports movies, I also oh, okay. like Hoosiers. Hoosiers is a highly recommend that movie. 1980s basketball movie. I forgot what year it came out. But that's a good one. Also, I, I, man, my, my brain is all over the place. Grease. Grease. Okay. Grease, not as a sports movie. Not as a sports movie. Though there is the scene where he's, like, trying out for different teams. <laughs> but Grease is a... Good movie too. Okay. Songs are very catchy.
1: What are, uh, speaking of songs and Matt, y- this is your first time here on Friday Crew too, it so is. L- let's let's get you involved in a, a little bit of this. I remember okay. I had a conversation with Eddie on Crew about music. We kind of discussed uh, Eddie. I forgot what music you like. I n- I just remember talking about Taylor Swift with Jess.
2: Everything except Taylor Swift. Y-
1: okay, so that's fair enough. Yeah. Point. But Matt, um, starting out with actually music, what's your like music taste? I'm kind of curious. Honestly, I'm
5: like. Pop music like Bruno Mars, you know that's fine. Rock, that's good. Like Queen, Van Halen. Rap, you could play like Drake. Anything. So I'm, I'd say like, kind of in the middle of everything. Just not country music. I'm not a fan of country music. Country
2: music has some good songs. They I've, have decent I've songs. tried. I've Kane tried. Kane Brown's good.
5: I've tried. Just don't get the hype. I don't like it.
2: Bailey Zimmerman, Blake Shelton, uh, Maren Morris, uh, Zach Brown Band. There, are, there are some good ones. There's some good ones. Like, sometimes, sometimes it's a little too country for me. I like a little more, like, a country pop kind of deal. Yeah. Or country rap. Pitbull has, like, some sort of song with, like, every person. That's my favorite musician, by the way.
1: Pitbull, that's fair. I yeah. loved Pitbull growing up. He's just hes just all over the place now.
2: Funniest thing. So I have a friend who goes to University of Miami, and Pitbull, he like made a big deal last spring. He was like, Pitbull's coming to our campus. And I was like, oh, is he? Have, is the, I thought it was going to be like the, like the, the infamous Rutgers Snoop Dogg concert that, oh, he's going to perform. He's like, no, he's not even singing. And I was like, what's he going to do here? Oh, he's just going to talk <sighs> to the students and give advice for like an hour. I was like, "Oh, okay," and then uh, a bunch of like sorority girls wore like the bald caps, and they all dressed up as him. It was interesting.
1: Wow, that, that's very. That sounds very interesting. I need to get to Miami at some point. Me too. I'm actually, fun fact, I'm going for my 21st birthday next year.
2: Oh, nice. <laughs> yes, very excited. Nice. My,
1: as soon as I told my brother that, he let about 20 of his friends know in a matter of five minutes.
2: Bring the whole station.
1: You can. You are all welcome to come. Um, you could use a WRCU budget. Just ask my Pavlichko. <laughs> <laughs> that is not going to be my problem at all. <laughs> but yeah. So Matt, we went through music. What, what about movies? What, what type? What type of movie genres are you into? What type of movies are you into in general?
2: When Matt Mangum goes to the theater, what is what is on <laughs> his mind?
1: You say, like favorite movie? You mean, like, what's one of? What's your favorite movie of all time? Doesn't matter which one. Probably,
5: Dark Knight is really
1: good. Batman. That's actually yeah. very fair.
5: Yeah, I think If you want to go, go Star fair. Wars, *Turn of the Jedi*. I don't know if you guys are like like, like Star Wars. Okay. But Star Wars is good too. So that's those are probably top two.
1: Oh, that's completely. But fair I also actually. like comedy
5: too. Like that's ran- I know it's a big switch, but like just a good funny movie that works. To like you know Adam Sandler. Mm.
1: So like a grown-ups type movie or yes. like an old school like *Click*. Both.
5: Both
2: gotcha. are really good. *Airplane* actually. is a good comedy movie too. Yeah, from I've seen that before. Yes, that is a great one. Yeah, that is good. a classic.
1: uh... Yeah. Then have you guys ever heard of Four Brothers? No. Any chance? It's I have heard of it. But not not, I've brothers. heard I know that. Okay. Yeah. Two very different <laughs> like ideas. Okay. Step Brothers <laughs> is a pure comedy. Four like, Brothers, early, very yeah. drama. <laughs> <laughs> four br- <laughs> Four Brothers is basically like it's it's based off of Detroit, and it's about these four adopted brothers, and they basically are getting revenge on their mother's killer.
2: Yeah, oh, that wow. got really oh, dark. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's not a comedy. <laughs> yeah, it's not a
1: comedy, but it's really interesting. Like, it's like an hour 45 minutes like, or two to two hours. Quick watch. But, like, the, the whole plot and storyline is, like, iconic in my eyes. I call it, like, a cult classic. It's one of those types of movies that probably did not do the best in theaters. But... When like, did it come out? 2006. Oh, okay. Is there any, like, big celebrities in it or anything? Mark or no? Wahlberg. Uh, what's the dude from Tyrese Gibson? Um, Andre 3000. Oh, okay. Um... There's a few people. There's a few big names in there, but the movie's not as known as a lot of people may think. Arnav, well, check it out. I actually have a question for you because I don't think I ever asked what you're like. What what type of movies you watch? I think we talked about shows. Pretty sure uh, we talked about shows. Yeah, I think oh, we yeah. did. Yeah. And then you say you you talked about how you watch Grey's Anatomy, right? I uh, yeah, I did. Say that with your chest, dude. Be proud of it. That's a good show. Yeah, for Yeah, it's, it's a really good show. Actually,
4: dude. But, I mean, it kind of getting like a little old now because like the cast keeps changing and like you know like Meredith just left and she was like. Like I guess the show is like me, like she's the main character. But um, so every all the other interns left from like the the first few seasons, and so many other people. But I mean, it, it's a good show if you have like a lot of time, like I'd rec- Like, and you want to binge watch something. Like I kind of like was watching it during like the pandemic mainly, and then, um, I, I guess I took a break and then I, I I resumed. But I mean, that's a good show if you have like a lot of time. But it's really long. It's like. I think 19 seasons now, still going by the way, and then and you know 20 episodes, like 40 minutes, like everything's like long about it, but it's good. Like if you if you have time, I'd definitely recommend that one. I was thinking about movies, like I guess I'm kind of like a comedy type guy too. Like I remember. I, I watched like Daddy's Home too, like over a few years ago. It's like a good Christmas movie, but um, that was that was pretty good. When I was a little kid, like I just I just used to watch like Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Like, uh, like um, I guess Dog Days is my favorite. But that I is like a that three. is a
2: good movie. A good yeah, oh, wow. I, I, I have the DVD.
4: So like, did you read the books? Yeah, it. I read. read the books. Like, I'm like a huge. I, I I guess I used to be. I still am like a du- huge of for Wimpy Kid fan. We have like the three like DVD set, and like me and my sister used to be in the back seat. Like, whenever we used to go somewhere, we used to watch that. I think I've watched Dog Same. Days probably about like 15, 20 times now, and the other ones like maybe a little bit less. So, so yeah, that's kind of like I guess where I'm at in terms of movies.
1: Arnov, do not ever be timid when talking about Diary of the w- Wimpy Kid. It is. A great, it's so a good. forgotten movie. Yeah. Roderick so Heffley, <laughs> he's an icon. Mm-hmm. He, he used to collect all the books,
5: like you know, you had like the whole collection, yeah, yeah. the book fair, too, yeah, whatever. yeah. I used to Back get in, like all of those yeah. every yeah. year. A new mm-hmm. one comes out, you like, yeah, we have
4: yeah. to get it. Yeah. To yeah. get is that it. still going? Like the nah. books? Yes, uh, it yes, is? yes.
2: And there's Rowley themed ones Why? too. Really? Oh my
1: gosh, yeah. I thought they were done with that.
2: Now he has his own book. Yeah, Jeff Kinney's just he just keeps going. Just keeps going. But Greg Heffley is somehow still in middle school. So he's gone through like 16 years of middle school. That
1: man is a. He's, I'm trying to. He's like Stetson Bennett, except in, <laughs> except in elementary school. That's basically oh the best gosh. comparison. <laughs> yeah, for real though. This man mm. is 27 years old in the third grade. That's yeah, great. Yeah, and then they
4: had like a new movie like a few years ago, which wasn't like as good. But I, yeah, I, I went to a theater and saw that one. But I mean, yeah, no, it's it's a great series for for books and movies. Like the first three are definitely classics. You gotta see those. But yeah
2: we got 10 minutes left in the hour, so I'm going to kind of segue it to something else uh, from movies. I want to talk a little WRC Daily Targum basketball because oh it is the God. month of March, March. which means we are close. a month away because we're thinking late April. We do not have a date set yet, but we're, we're, we're in the process of making some plans. So uh, I am very much looking forward to the WRC Targum game. Matt Mangum, are you a baller?
5: <sighs> not really. I'll be okay, honest. It's okay. I, None of us are. Yeah, so. <laughs> but like my first time playing in the game, hopefully – I'm down to play.
2: I had a disappointing freshman performance last year. so now now that I'm experienced, I'm ready to go because I was like the only freshman in the department last year because those was this was the pre Max Sanchez era.
1: Yeah, I took a red shirt. Um, I wasn't even introduced <laughs> to the studio yet. So now that I'm a sophomore, I'm, I think I think I'm ready. I still got to get some cardio in. I have a solid I have a solid jump shot. I have decent handle. My main concern at the moment is Jack Pachea. Because I heard he just dominates, so he does. I'm gonna have to talk with my fellow teammates in WRSU, um, Matt and you, Eddie, you traitor. You're you're <laughs> next part year. Of, no, you've been a part of WRSU for I'm longer. I'm probably gonna be on and team you've, Targum. you've been no, you've yeah. been here <laughs> more than Targum. What are you doing?
2: Well, <laughs> I'll explain the story again because uh, none of you were here last year yeah, when it happened. Yeah. So last April. They did the... I don't even know if it was an official draft. I don't know. Somehow an episode of Crew, it started happening. And then I just found out that uh, Jack Pasea drafted me for the Targum. And I was like, oh. He was like, well, he writes a little bit. And I assume he's pretty good at basketball. So he had blind faith in me. So now I will have blind commitment to him until he graduates, which is in eight weeks. So... I will play for the Targum next year, and then I will take my talents to WRSU. So this is indeed the second and last dance with Team Targum, and hopefully the last dance results in a win. And we are uh, we're trying to actively recruit, trying to shape up this roster, because I do know RSU is going to have more players, which was the case last year, uh, just because there's more members and there's a lot of overlap between the two teams. But uh, I was impressed. Wednesday night we went, probably the best WRSU basketball game that we have ever had. There was... Lots of chaos, glasses were broken, Coach Hahn went off, Jackson DeLulo, shout out Jackson DeLulo, man cramped up when it was a three-point game, we thought he was done, we were trying to get a guy from the other side of the court to come play and be a fifth on the team, and then Jackson, who was playing in Crocs, he was like, "All right, I'm good, I'll go, I'll go, immediately catches the ball, drains a right wing three, and then my team collapsed and his team won 22-20, so he is a baller. So it, it, there there's a lot of talent out there and I think the RSU Targum game will be very competitive. We were going extremely hard and this was a Wednesday night that meant absolutely nothing when everything the stakes are on the line next month. <laughs> it's it's going to be wild.
1: I think we need to promote this. Like l- we talked about this once. Oh yeah. We need to properly we promote should, this yeah. and act, see if we could see if we could get like a good amount of people to come. I yes, I for will. free admission. <laughs> I need
2: I need a rooting section for me. I, I thrive. I thrive off of a crowd.
1: I'm about to. I'm about to like invite all of my friends and family.
2: So like three the entire people. town of Rawway, New Jersey. <laughs> yes, will Yes,
1: all twenty thousand of them. No, um, Rawway's shooting guard. Yeah, Rawway's <laughs> one slash two guard, uh, and me. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully I'll start. I would love that. Um, but I'm really excited for May. Ever since you guys mentioned in the beginning, I was like. I need to get right. I remember the first time I played with you guys, I was like, this is my time to prove myself. I was like, so I remember I hopped on the court and I went like 0 for 11. I was so disappointed (sighs) in myself. I I went back home and I was like, wow, I suck. Because I used to play six hours a day. Like, I kid you not. During my freshman and sophomore years of high school, like six hours a a day at the park, whether it was 40 degrees or 80 degrees outside, whether it was in the rain or humid, flipping weather. It was all the time. And then... COVID happened, and then I just stopped. So, hopefully, I could regain some of my cardio back and last the full game. And, oh, my gosh, Ohio State just won. Yes, Ohio State
2: has won. They're moving on to the semifinals. Hour two, we will uh, deep dive some more bracketology. But, uh, Arnav, question for you. Uh, You are a shooter. We have learned this. So, (laughs) what are you you bringing to the table for this game? Because I think you're a better shooter than me. I think when you get open you can hit more here's the deal with me that i have realized people say it, it's impossible to fend me which is true uh, yeah. because i'll airball like i'll airball a wide seen. open 3 i'll airball a contested 3 but i can also hit them over people it doesn't matter what's in front of me i just throw it up and hope it goes in so your
1: shot would hit an airplane i don't <laughs> think it, i is. don't think
2: Zach <laughs> could block one of my shots no not no but Arnav, you uh, are a shooter. So, yeah. w- w- what are your aspirations for your uh, rookie performance in the RSU Targum game?
4: Yeah, um, yeah, it's gonna be my rookie performance too. It's like basically around this time last year, I think a little later, maybe I was like shadowing. So, um, this, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, I'm more of a shooter. I'm not. I don't really, I guess, bring that much else to the table. But I'm, I'm, I'm excited. We're gonna have fun. I'll probably bring some shooting um maybe hit some threes off the bench or something like that but um I'm excited to see like who's on which roster and you know we have a good game hopefully we can like Play it at like Jersey Mike's. I'm not sure what the like status on, on the arena is, or if we're gonna play at the college F gym. They have a um like a seating section there too, so we could definitely. Get I think we could
2: cr- make the college F gym work if we could get Jersey Mike's arena. That would be awesome. Would be I don't I don't know yeah, yeah. if we have the really enough strings it. to pull that, but yeah. college F gym is cool too, no, and is there cool. is the seating area. Yeah.
4: Are we gonna like wear like jerseys and like?
2: But well, la- like okay, so last year what we did, we just color coordinated it. I think Targum wore black and rsu wore white i don't know why nobody wore red but uh (laughs) i think red
1: would make more sense because white will stain yeah 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 i don't really understand
2: why nobody wore red it looks like like, a black and white photo like the team picture from last year because everybody's just wearing black and white it's like it's yeah so hopefully someone wears red next season um i've got my bases well targum's not going to be red because Targum's colors are black and white i have my bases covered if we're black, I'm wearing my Damian Lillard jersey again. Mm. If we're white, I have my Alex Caruso t-shirt, which I debuted the other night. So, uh, <laughs> I'm ready. I'm hoping it's white because I feel like the Lillard shirt is cursed because every time I wear it, I play really bad. So, I'm hopeful. I'm actually hoping we wear white because I can wear my Alex Caruso jersey and I can ball on that. i would be sick. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: You, you always, you're always fire with that jersey on. But, um... No, I, this is gonna be really exciting. From what I've heard, I heard Arnold Sarkar has been talking a lot of smack lately to a lot of the people from Targum. Um, that's really I have helping not us out. Done the, that, but... Yes, he has. He's been <laughs> right, he has sorry. been, as <laughs> if it's 90s New York Knicks basketball, and he's saying he will put people down with clotheslines <laughs> and start the malice in the palace. Except it's gonna be the malice <laughs> at the College Ave Palace. So no. we, should,
4: we should, like, honestly do, like, starting lineups, though. That would be pretty cool. I thought you were about to say we should start the out. I mean, no, we should. I don't think we should do that. I mean, it's going to be, like, a friendly type game. But, I mean, I'm excited to get that competitive juice, like, flowing, though. Well, like, this we, we can go all out for This that. is my
2: idea that I had for the lineups. Because, obviously, the game is going to air on RSU, like, last year. We'll have uh, alumni announcers. I don't know which announcers it's going to be yet. I have heard rumors that... Doug Willig may be coming back to be a roaming sideline reporter. If that's the case, that is going to be great. But uh, whoever's calling the game, we could pre record something where we all say our name, like the NBC uh, Sunday Night Football intros, but we all say Rutgers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Eddie Collegas, Rutgers. Max Max Sanchez, Sanchez. Rutgers. Jack Pasea, Rutgers. That'd be great. Alex Cominati, Rutgers. (laughs) That'd be great. (laughs) It'd be great. It'd be great. great. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. We have our friendly rivalries, but. It was a great game last year, and it's a good way to kind of cap off the year. Uh, And there was a lot of hype surrounding it last year, and that was the first time it had been done in many years. Like, apparently this was, like, historically back in the 70s and 80s. They used to always play a game. They actually, back then, of course, Rutgers basketball program wasn't Big Ten back then, so it wasn't as big of a deal. They played before a Rutgers men's basketball game, wow. so it was like before, oh, wait, the, as the crowd was coming in, it was just all oh the journalists goodness. playing. That, oh, yeah, that, we, we cannot do that anymore, but uh, you know what? <laughs> Imagine. Yeah, but we're, we're good with what we got, but, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I all I know is I need to score points this year because I went 0-9 last season, which is bad.
1: Toss me a lob. I'm going to dunk this game in my dream. I, there's no shot. My my ACL will completely tear. Will
2: Joe Henry dunk in the game? Um,
1: it depends. Success. I've never seen him play. He
2: made his debut Wednesday night. Okay. Good rebounder. Now, it was a little weird in the game because six of the ten people that played were, s- like, centers. So, uh. the, the the paint was just crowded the whole game.
1: Next Wednesday, when after our meeting, like, after spring break, we need to toss him a lob, like, during warm-ups to see if he can actually do it. Because I don't know his athletic ability, but if it's even semi, I'm sure he can do it.
2: We did do layup lines. Yeah, I heard about oh, that. Yes. Had to That's warm fine. up. Had to warm up. Had to get it going. Uh, I love the lefty side uh, and then people realized that I was a lefty and I was like, "Yep, that's me." Wait, you are a lefty? Yeah, How did they, I forget that? You're a lefty? Yeah. Being lefty is cool. Yeah. But there are some annoying inconveniences. Like scissors, I, I never realized how to like properly operate scissors oh, until yeah. a couple months ago. Me neither.
1: And writing, like with a pencil, you got that whole mark on the side of your hand. Yes, I get that all the time. I
2: couldn't figure out how to write when I was in kindergarten. <laughs> they had to like uh. tie this whole rubber band around <laughs> my hand to be able to like write a letter R. It was like, and now look where I am. I'm at Rutgers. Are you ra rah? And I know how to write. So, thank you, Mrs. Smith, in kindergarten. Full circle. At full 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 circle. Thank you, Moss school. Congratulations. But, uh, Thank you for listening to hour one of the WRC crew. When we come back, we're going to shift back to Rutgers Sports. Uh, we're going to start with Rutgers men's lacrosse. Alex Carminati talked with Brian Cameron, who's had a red hot start to the season for the lacrosse team. They have a big battle with Princeton, lost the game on the road to them last year. Tomorrow they face off at SHI Stadium in a rivalry contest. We'll air that interview for you. And then we're going to look at bracketology. Ohio State indeed just beat Michigan State 68 58. Roddy Gale with 15 huge points. The Buckeyes, the 13 seed, are moving on to the semifinals. What does this mean for Rutgers? We'll look at everything else and where we see the Scarlet Knights potentially going uh, in the NCAA tournament after their loss to Purdue today. With Matt Manga, Marnov Sarkar, and Max Sanchez, I'm Eddie Kolegi. You're listening to the WRSU Friday Crew 98.7 FM and WRSU.org.